Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast. I'm really excited today because we have a senior with us. This is Katie Silverman. And Katie, uh, first of all, even before I introduce you, congratulations. We just heard back from your first place, your first choice college. Uh, and Tulane has said, yes, early decision. Is that right? Yeah. So I just got the email, I mean, literally hours ago. Uh, this is really fresh and new and exciting. And we were already feeling pretty good because your second choice school had already accepted you. And now top two both uh, accepted you in. This is such an exciting time for you. So congratulations. Thank Kate you. is a senior and she finished the Ivy League Challenge a few months ago and has been incredible, not only in the program and all of the things that she did to impact her community, which we will get to talk about, but also as a mentor, you I've, I have just heard people sing your praises, the people who work with you uh, and are lucky enough to have you as a mentor. And then also I discovered for the first time when we talked just a couple of days ago about kind of the personal change and growth and evolution that occurred during the Ivy League Challenge. And I was so blown away. I just can't wait for my listeners to hear this story as well. Uh, Katie, this is a long introduction, but welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm really excited. Ah, it's so fun. Thank you so much for being here. All right. So let's just dive in because we've got so much to talk about. Let's begin with kind of your motivation for getting into the program in the first place. There must have been some kind of problem or some kind of issue that you were struggling with that motivated you to get started in the first place. And I remember that first conversation with you and your parents. So talk to us a little bit about that. What were you struggling with or what motivated you to join the Ivy League Challenge? Yeah, so I guess the first issue I was struggling with was I wanted to apply to a bunch of these like really good colleges and I was already a junior, so my time was already kind of running out. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I was kind of just looking a bit average and I wanted to stand out in my applications a bit more. So I wanted to like I wanted to be able to define myself a bit better and make sure that colleges knew who I actually was in my application. Um, so I, yeah, that was really my main issue. And then I was also, um, already involved in a club with, in my school. I started the club myself. Um, yeah. and it was very small. There was 13 members, me and just a few of my friends. And uh -huh. I was really looking to like expand that a bit more. Um, because I mean, I, I was really passionate about it and I knew there was something more I could do with it. I just wasn't quite sure what. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So you were trying to figure out how do I take, you know, what I've done so far? I've, I've tried to figure out how to make my application stand out, make myself memorable. And I've done what I can, but I don't know where to go from here. And then you add to that the pressure and the stress of junior year and worrying about, man, I've got these schools that I really, really want to get into. What do I do? And so you decided to look into the Ivy League Challenge. Can you just help us understand kind of what the emotion was like at that time? Can you tell me more about this? I didn't know how to stand out and I didn't know what to do with my club. 
What did it feel like as you tried to resolve that on your own? Yeah, I mean, it was a really big struggle. I kind of, I tried to come up with a bunch of ideas, but they kept on failing. Mm. Um, and I was trying to just come up with, a, my head was all over the place. I was trying to come up with a bunch of stuff, do everything at the same time. And then I realized that that just wasn't cutting it. And that was mm. kind of making it worse. I started to go a little crazy. So ah. um, <laughs> yeah, the Ivy League challenge definitely helped me a lot with that. Okay. So so for you, as you got more and more frustrated, the approach that you decided to take was let me do more and more and more. But that wasn't healthy for you. It wasn't working for you. And and so eventually you decided to, to jump in. Now you finished the course. Uh, what's different in your life? Um, well, before I was for sure not as extroverted as, as I am now, I'd say. Okay. Before the Ivy League Challenge, I was very quiet, very shy. I did not like being called on. I was scared to even like order my own food in restaurants. <laughs> um, but now I've noticed that like, I've seen like my passions and I know what I I'm capable of now. Mm. Um, and so I think I've really grown as a person and uh, I'm not a complete extrovert, but I'm more of an, I'm an extroverted introvert now I'd say. <laughs> um, I, I'm now able to like do a bunch of things that I like without having all the anxiety that I used to. Um, and I'm able to just be more of myself without having a fear of what other people will think of me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember. So this is what I was starting to touch on in your introduction. When we chatted, I mean, I was just so surprised when you told me that you weren't just shy, you were petrified, you were completely scared that at some point a teacher might call on you, or you might be asked to speak up or, or share your opinions or your thoughts. And that used to be this horrible, you know, proposition. And I told you at the time, I can't believe that because in the Ivy League challenge, maybe it's a little bit different because we're over Zoom, but man, I completely expected you to step up as the junior and and really take a leadership role. And it seemed like you never skipped a beat. You were always ready, always had these really good comments, always ready to just kind of uh, take the lead. And, and it was just fantastic in the course. So I, I never even dreamed that you were shy, let alone as shy as you mentioned. So can you tell me just a little bit more about that? You were so scared that you couldn't even speak up in class. But today, I mean, you're literally on a podcast. We're recording this. I don't want to, you know, wig you out too much because even people who are not normally shy get a little bit nervous on a podcast like this. But you didn't even hesitate when I asked if you were willing to share your story. And that is such a big incredible change. Tell us how that happened. What? Why do you think you were so shy, but then things shifted so much in an online course? Um, I really do think that it's because I kind of found my, I guess my meaning um, and like my passion. Um, so before I was kind of all wishy-washy, trying all these new things, and I didn't really figure out what I actually loved. But then after that, I found I found everything that I like doing. I found what I like, what I dislike. And I realized that I love community service. And 
to be able to do that and help other people, you need to have a voice and you need to learn how to speak up to help others. Um, and so that's also one of the reasons why I'm here today. It's because if I wasn't, then like um, I wouldn't be able to, I guess, vocalize like the important issues and the topics that I'm so passionate about. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So as you begin to pull out what matters most to you in the world, you discover that that what matters to you is worth fighting for. And it's worth overcoming your insecurities for. It's worth becoming a better person for. That's so amazing. That's so admirable. And I love that here we are on this, you know, college prep podcast. And I ask you about your experience in a college prep course. And your response is, look, I found what mattered to me and that gave me courage and that gave me strength. And I was able to do more to further my, you know, my ambitions and, and not just your ambitions, but, but your desire to make the world a better place aligned with your core values. And that's the first thing you think about when I ask you questions, you know, about how your journey prepared you for college prep. I just think that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Can you can you help me understand when that happened or how that transition occurred? Was there like a moment in class or was there a transition period that really stands out that that made you realize, wow, I'm I'm going to step up. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be more. Yeah, um, I think it really happened at the beginning of the school year after our community not the community, like the school fair where everybody comes and signs up for a bunch of clubs. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to like talk in front of a whole bunch of people and kind of advertise the club a little bit. And at the end of the day, when I was like sifting through all of the people who joined the club, I realized that the club had gained almost 100 new members just in that day. <laughs> um, so I definitely God. think, yeah, that was a huge moment for me um, because it showed that everything that I've done actually matters and that like even though I was scared, I stepped up and it worked. Oh, amazing. Okay. So you uh, had this day when you had all the courage that you ever needed to do exactly what you needed to recruit people into your club. And that's important because I happen to know what club you're talking about. And I know how big of a role that played in your impact project. So let's rewind just a little bit. Um, because when we first spoke, you had already formed this club and you already had a reason to get involved. And, and I'll just, the, the, the club was the Ronald McDonald house, uh, club in your, in your school. And so tell us about your experience with the Ronald McDonald house and why that was an important thing for you in the first place. Yeah. So it started when I was in fourth grade. Um, I went to the hospital cause I had to get a knee surgery um, and when I was in the elevator going to have an appointment um, with my family, we there was this other family who was in the elevator with us, and they were talking on the phone to someone, and they were talking about the Ronald McDonald House and how it helped their child survive. Mm. Um, and I thought, wow, like that's pretty cool. Like I've never been there, but like that sounds awesome. And so, um, in seventh grade for my bat mitzvah project. Um, I decided I wanted to volunteer at the Ronald McDonald House. Um, and so I got a bunch of my friends and we cooked meals and we played with the kids. And we did arts and crafts um, and it was really fun. And I decided that I really liked this and I wanted to continue. But then 
COVID happened in eighth grade. Um, so it took a little break. And then in 10th grade, um, when COVID was kind of starting to reel down a little bit, yeah, I said, okay, so the Ronald McDonald House is still not letting anybody in to volunteer. So like, I need to think of some ways I can do this from a new perspective and a new, like not volunteering in the house. So I decided that I would make a club at my school um, to make care kits so that the kids can still have fun games and arts and crafts yeah. um, to do while they're at the house. And then we also make um, toiletry packages so that they can also have their necessities. Okay. Um, and just so in case, yeah. oh, sorry, just in no. case there's someone listening in who is not aware of the Ronald McDonald House, what does it have to do with the hospitals and sick people? <laughs> can you tell us, just give us a brief introduction to what it is? Yeah, so the Ronald McDonald House um, provides um, free housing to families who have sick children who are staying in nearby hospitals. So it's just a way to keep families close while they're while they have sick children. And it's a national or international charity, right? So they spend you know however much money helping so many families throughout the world. And then you said, well, hey, that was impactful just hearing about how important this is when I was younger and I had to be in the hospital. And then over time, you decided to commit yourself to, to trying to uh, help out in that in that arena. Okay. And so eighth grade, it began 10th grade, you formed the club. Is that right? Is that when the club was formed? I formed the club 10th, 10th grade. grade yeah. 10th yeah. grade. And then it was kind of floundering. There were a handful of people. And then you were all stressed out in 11th grade. Uh, but somehow, and I remember this well, I remember you emailing me, and I think we even had a conversation about it, but you recruited more than 100 people into your club, and that evolved into some of what you've done to make an impact in your community. So can you just share kind of that evolution there, what happened, um, and, and, and clearly you were able to speak up and advocate for your club and recruit over 100 people into it. But what were the hundred of you able to do and, and just kind of what did your impact project evolve into? Yeah, so as of right now, we are able to make a bunch of fundraisers so that we're able to make the care kits. So I think it was a few weeks ago we had a pretzel fundraiser. Um, mm -hmm. So the whole school was able to um, come get a pretzel. And while they were enjoying their snack, we were able to make some money to make the care kits. Um, and so a bunch of people come and help out. Um, and then also last year, um, for the first time ever, our club ran a, or not ran, we walked a 5K um, mm -hmm. for the Delaware Ronald McDonald House. Um, and we also, last year, we went to Maryland to volunteer because they finally started letting people volunteer again. So now I think we, this year, we may start um, slowly making small groups and then we may slowly start getting to go into the house and start to volunteer again, which is really great considering a bunch of people in the club have never been or volunteered there in person. And I haven't in four or five years. Wow. I love this because just a few hours ago, I was speaking at a convention. We had an event where high school seniors and actually high, high school students of all ages uh, were there. And, and someone asked, you know, how important is, say, the gold gold award in, in Girl Scouts or the Eagle Scout Award in Boy Scouts or becoming the president of this or that and start, or starting a club. And, and my answer was, look, 
the actual award itself is not terrible, but it's not that big of a deal. But what can be a really big deal is the story behind it. And so for you, that story was, I discovered these important elements about myself, including my core values and what matters to me. And then I decided that, look, I can go make a positive impact. And because I can, I will. And I'm going to go focus my efforts in a direction that allows me to make my community a better place. And for you, it was bringing along more than a hundred other classmates and schoolmates, peers to help make that impact even greater. And so um, how how does it feel now as you're looking back at, at the impact that you've made so far? And and also, how do you feel looking forward? What, what do you see coming from this? Yeah, um, so looking back, I really can't help but feel anything but proud of myself because, mm. I mean, of how much I've evolved from just the shy girl to now someone who's this president of a club, a big successful club. Um, I'm really just proud of myself and I'm happy that I was able to make such a big impact on the Philly Ronald McDonald House and just all of the ones um, local to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm just super happy that I was able to do all of that. Um, and then in the future, um, I'm super excited about mentoring um, and I can't wait to see what all of my mentees do. I'm currently mentoring mm-hmm. two people um, and I'm super excited. I love both of their ideas. I'm I can't wait to like help them out more and see where their impact projects go. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree. I mean, I completely agree. Without sharing names or details or anything like that, both of your mentees just sing your praises. They they feel so grateful that you are their mentor. Uh, and that's something really exciting that we have a, a mentoring program so that teens like you who have been through this process and have developed the courage and and shifted their you know insecurities so completely can then help eighth graders and ninth graders who are figuring that stuff out right uh, and that's incredible are, is that what you're most looking forward to then uh, within kind of the uh, as you move from high school into college do you see yourself continuing to want to do this sort of thing yeah for sure I I just I think it's so interesting to see how my impact project differs from everyone else and how mm. my opinions can affect someone else's project and kind of their whole path. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. One, one thing that I just keep thinking about is for you, uh, the courage came from discovering what mattered to you and who you are. What was that process like? How, yeah, how did you so- discover that element about yourself? It was, it was kind of scary because um, mm. I, I always knew since seventh grade I loved community service. I loved helping others. Um, but I, I kind of just figured out who I was after I made the club and after I realized, okay, I was, I was starting to make an impact. I'm starting to help people. Um, mm. I think that's definitely how when that first started because I was just thinking, huh, like, okay, I could see myself doing this and like actually making some good decisions and helping others positively. Yeah. What was, what was phase one like for you? So for those who are listening, who have not been in the program, I know many of my listeners have been through the Ivy League challenge, but for those who haven't, that first month, phase one is all about figuring out your core values, figuring out what really matters to you. 
And so you had such a dramatic change over the course of the Ivy League challenge. Did did it happen more in phase one where you're discovering your core values or did it happen more in phase two where you're putting those core values into practice and implementing them into your impact project? What what was your experience like? I think for me, it was during phase two because during phase one, I was I remember that one exercise when we had to ask, I think it was like five people, um, mm-hmm. five words that describe us. Yeah. Um, and so I remember when I was doing that, I cared so much about what those words that people were putting oh. down. I was so nervous about the results for that. Um, and I was thinking, okay, they think I'm these words, so I'm going to be these words. I was, I was doing it to appease them. But then after, when I was starting to figure out who I was, I'm like, huh, like, I'm, I'm for sure that's not who I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, it was for sure during phase two when I was wow. able to start developing an opinion. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. So you kind of get this idea of who people think you are. And at first you felt like, well, now I know how to behave so that people know that I'm exactly who they think I am. But then as you started making choices and taking action in phase two around your, the impact you want to make, you started to realize that other, what other people saw in you was not necessarily who you choose to be. And yeah. because you needed to make progress in your impact project, you had that gave you the courage to, to just step up and, and be you instead of trying to be who people think you should be? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. That is, that is amazing. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I love how simple that was for you. You know, it was the taking action and, and choosing to do something about what matters to you that gave you the courage and the insight to, to make those choices. I just, if it's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pull one more bit of wisdom out of you. If you have some advice, uh, maybe as we, as we wrap up today, what advice would you give to someone who is, say, a few years younger than you? that might be shy or might be facing other problems that are similar to what you faced before. If you could kind of go back and talk to ninth grade Katie Silverman or someone like you in, in eighth grade or ninth grade, what advice would you have for that person? Yeah. Um, I know this is kind of generic, but it's, it'll all work out um, in the end. Um, I, I really never thought that my my small ideas were turned into what they are today. Um, and you don't have to make in your impact project, you don't have to make some huge thing. You don't have to cure cancer. Um, it's just, it, most of the times it's not going to be like that and that's okay. In the end, it'll all work out. And if you just try and follow what you believe in, um, then you're for sure going to make an impact. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So for you, when you decided to just really live who you are, things got easier and more clear and and you even had more courage to be you. And then I love your advice. We in the, in the Ivy League Challenge, we say start small and build momentum, right? And I love that. You said, don't try to cure cancer, right? Try to be you. And because the impact that you want to make is the right impact. That's who you are. And you are in your community and you make your community a better place when you fully live out your values. And Katie, ah, profound. Thank you so much. I love your advice and absolutely love your story. 
I'm just so thrilled to have you share this story with our audience. And, and thank you for being here. Of course. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.